political issues are getting exposed for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 till death, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the temerity, the audacity to talk to a governor who still produced produce the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalist are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Solomon Lada left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fada and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fan. It was a beautiful uh, Tuesday evening. Today, 2nd of May, 2023. Well, Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's the going? How's your day? Having a good day. Having a good day, really. And it's been even more interesting, you know, by the last um, 15 minutes chat. <laughs> Yeah. You can relate, yeah. You can relate, Bosak. Good evening. I hope um you've had a lovely day indeed as well. Yeah, I did, you know. Uh well, uh, l- let me tell you something. Yeah, you know. please do. Yeah, uh, and I'll say it publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh Prince Valentine has taught me a lot of what I'm doing now, you know. Uh not only that, even in life, you know, at times he he'll just tell me about marital life and you know, his my my struggle with any time he's telling me about marital life is he's a original African person and he sees things, you know, just as any typical African, you know, would see it. Uh, but me, I have a lot of influences, especially from the West. So I'm trying to always, you know, balance, balance to say, okay, I kind of agree with what he's saying, but our generation is, you know, miles apart. Uh, and the way he looks at reality now is not the same way that I look at reality and we didn't grow up in the same world. We didn't, uh, you know, though we live in the same world, but uh, the worldview is different. So, uh, you know, but at times it's difficult for me to find a balance mm. to any. And I know, I'm not saying that what he's saying is, you know, untrue. They are facts and, you know, uh, truth. And anytime we, you know, talk about uh, maybe politics or, you know, about society, uh, I get to confirm that society is about three things. It's about rumors, gossip, and secret. Because uh, uh, that sig, he always say that Nigeria is a secret. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, one of yeah. his favorites. And things unfold per second. Yeah. So <laughs> this country, you know, is there are a lot of secrets in society. You need to unearth them. And if you think that uh, the secret will just unearth themselves, you know, just like that, you need to think again. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, careful thinking, a lot of, you know, reading and research for you to know, you know, the kind of uh, uh, things that goes, you know, in your society and how you can uh, be on top of it. And then the rumors, you know, everybody has a rumor, you know, uh, or wh- whether it be like 
uh, for you to say that uh, wall geek will cause um, bad dreams in the night. I mean, that's an absolute <laughs> lie. Uh, and uh, gossip. Everybody, if I hear people say that they gossip about me, I don't, I don't feel bad. Do you know what? Mm -hmm. Life is boring without gossip. You know, life is very boring. You have to sit, you know, at times and be deliberate about the gossip. But me, my kind of gossip is I'm not going to come and tell you that uh, somebody told me is different, you know, from a blackmail. I'm not going, uh, do you heard what, you know, Gilbert said that uh, you're a very nasty person? No, no, no. Uh, I'll find a way to say, okay, this is what Gilbert said, or, you know, uh, but it's your own, you know. Uh, for you to interpret it and for you to know how to go about it. But if you see it, I see a lot of people on my WhatsApp story, they uh, keep saying that uh, this person, you know, Ngulmaya. Mm. Then I'll ask, I'll say, who in the world are you that people will not gossip after <laughs> you? You know, do you expect, even saints, you're not a saint, and life will be boring without a gossip, you know. Absolutely, just think about that. Life will be very, very boring. So at times you have to sit down and, but you have to gossip all right. You know, there are kind of gossip that don't tear people down. Uh, there are kind of gossip that will say, okay, uh, me, if you come and say that, ah, this person, you know, said this about uh, me, I, I would think to myself, okay, so what else, you know, do you want him not to say about me? Am I a good person? Absolutely not. Am I trying to be a good person? Of course I'm trying to be a good person. Is he a perfect person, the person that brought the gossip? No. Is he trying to be perfect? That is his business. So what he, just like, you know, what the wise people will say, that words in themselves don't have meaning. It is the meaning that you attach to them, you know. So if I say, I love you, it doesn't have meaning. But if I show it to you, you know that, oh, you know, this is what this person Indeed. is trying to say. Very true. Yeah. Um, I remember you spoke about, you know, one chat or one of those areas that Prince has had to speak to you about in time past and all. And, you know, I think it was Friday or Thursday. Mm. We were speaking about Don Lennon. Yeah. Excuse me. You know, and why eventually he got asked from his organization and everything. So I, I'm almost tempted to bring up something Prince Valentine told me. But because of what Don Lennon had to go through, I'm not doing that now, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> you have to be very careful. I really have to. I really have to be. If he's uh, this guy, this guy with Fox that was... Uh, hey, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, you know. You can bring it up, you know. But if it's That would Don be better. Lennon. No, not Don Lennon, certainly. Yeah, Lennon. yeah so really interesting. But having to juxtapose their generation with ours, there's... There's a shift in the pendulum and how it has swung, definitely. And that's why we struggle a lot to balance certain things. And I think uh, that's what that's a major pick for me, in summary, about what you spoke about. But usually, there's a need, you know, for, for hybridization, mm -hmm. for a hybrid of culture. And I think that's basically what we have to do, Gen Z, Generation Z, mm -hmm. like we're called or addressed. And it comes with a lot of care, and it comes with a lot of suppression of, you know, what your will is as against the larger good or as against the bigger picture you'd get to encounter mm -hmm. going forward. So people like Prince are really helpful to society. And I think they're not cherished enough, quite frankly. It's true. Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, what do you think about, you know, this whole Indomie thing that uh, when I saw... I think I saw it on a foreign paper, you know, if I'm not mistaken. I saw first the story. Yeah, I saw it in a foreign paper. And they was trying to say that uh, noodles from Nigeria have 
ethanol oxide mm, and they are known you know to cause cancer mm. they were taken to japan mm. and malaysia. malaysia first i was it was very impressive to know that mm. okay they even export to japan mm. Japan is one of the G7 or G8 countries. Countries, yeah. Yeah. For me to know that at least Japanese people they consume, you know, what we, uh, you know, what we manufacture here, you know, mm. it was kind of pleasing. But mm-hmm. then I sat back, you know, Gilbert, to myself, and I said that why will NAFDAQ allow this thing to happen? That was yesterday, mm-hmm. but this morning when I was watching breakfast television. Uh, the DJ of NAFDAQ, Professor Mojisola came out to say that, no, it is not true. But again, let me bring a perspective to this. We're talking about culture. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, um, most families couldn't afford a refrigerator, deep freezers, uh, even television set. But let me you know, stay with refrigerators. And it therefore means that the mother of the home has to make fresh food every other meal not every day every other meal so you wake up in the morning and then uh, and then it was there was variety you know and i'm i'm, I'm saying this with with nostalgia you know to show how how, how women good. how women you know have built this society you know especially uh, from my generation and you know even the generation you know before mm-hmm. that my mother wake up in the morning to make Either kunungeta, she'll make um, pudding, maybe rice pudding, that mm. shinkafan mm-hmm, too, you know, mm-hmm. pudding, then they'll put milk, or uh, pudding of acha, or she'll make soya beans milk. I don't know if people still, you know, eat that, you know, up to date. That was what you always get in the morning, most of the mornings, or pap, you know, with uh, uh, sugar or, you know, cocoa powder, you know, inside. Just to make sure that we develop healthy bodies. And when I was growing up, I, I, I never felt ill, you know, because of the right combination of food that we got. Uh, yes, you know, and things like that. And in the evening, it has to be tour, tour with me and Kuka or tour with me and Bushesh and Karkashi or, uh, you know. Whatever it is. And all of, you know, those things, you know, uh, the hard work that our, my mother, you know, let me speak, you know, personally, put to make sure that we have the kind of, you know, health that we enjoy right now and the kind of you know bodies you know because if not for what we ate you know when we were kids maybe i would have been stunted by growth right now but 15 years you know into that population boomed exploded and then you have fast food on our shelves you know people said that uh i remember when indomie first came they said ah you can cook it within if I was to soak it in cold water, mm-hmm, true, and we then did you that just, at high school too. Ah, you just add, mm-hmm. you know. So the, is all of this? If society is, you know, if you're trying to understand, there are patterns and trends. You find kids right now who are 18; they already they have high blood pressure. You have kids; they give birth to kids right now with diabetes, and it's all because of what we eat. What we'll put into our system. And you find, you know, people, especially young women, are finding it difficult to even give birth, you know, in their 20s. Not in their 30s. But lots of, you know, our mothers, by 25, she's already done with giving birth. Maybe seven or how many kids? Because the information then... And, you know, someone hearing me will say, no, then there was the issue of, you know, women liberation and things like that. All I'm saying is that women 
need to be appreciated the more. And if you're a woman listening to me, you need to think about the right nutritional thing to give your family. With what, you know, this, especially NAVDAC, uh, with this Indomie, you know that that thing has high sodium chloride in it. Concentration. Yes, mm. in it. And, you know, is either um, uh, high blood pressure or obesity. You know, you find kids, you know, uh, born with obesity right now. So it's, it's very important that we, we shouldn't toss away all of, you know, our values in all Africa. Uh, because Africa now is new. Uh, lots of family have families. They have refrigerators. They have deep freezers. And they will just cook soup. Maybe they will spend five hours making different kind of soups. And then if you just want to eat, then you pull it Pick, out from yeah. the... Yeah. So all of these things, the issue of you know, evolution as, as Very true. Yeah, society. Very true. The, our, our knack and taste for everything fast is the reason why, like I was making a reference with Generation Z earlier, is the reason why we're called the Indomie generation. And you even hear people... Me, I'm not Indomie generation. <laughs> I'm a millennial. I like that you've, you've exonerated yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a so millennial. It's the reason why you know we have terms such as that, Indomie wives, and all of those things. It's just a way of buttressing how quickly we want things done. And it, has, it comes with its downside. And that's the truth about it. We can't really shy away from it. And then on the other hand, and this just it sort of magnifies the cries, the hues and cries that have accompanied the trend of Indomie and other fast foods that we've had in society. Doctors and medical practitioners have over time spoken about this. People need to watch the way they eat junk. People you just need to watch what you eat outside. We're no more going green on a personal dietary mm -hmm. level and all of those things. And now we're having yet again a confirmation of that situation and people just have to take care. But the issue with refrigerators and everything. And I think this happened yesterday where I went to eat. And I discovered that it was, they were even asking someone why they didn't get the chicken from the fridge and everything to come and prepare ahead of the next phase of uh, merchandise and everything. And then it dropped in my mind. And I've pondered about this, quite frankly, today. What sort of nutritional value does a food that has gone into the refrigerator have again? Has something not been taken away from it? Because I assume that from, you know, a layman's perspective, that the original substance of it is what we should be eating and directly so. But why if it goes into the refrigerator and, it is, for example, you have vegetables still going in there and you have to recook and recook again because you want to preserve in the long run and everything. So what sort of diet, how are we eating, what sort of habit are we cultivating in terms you know, of watching the tempting, things that we you are, eat? You are tempting me, you know, to uh, share the, some of the information I'm learning. I believe in sustainable capitalism. You know, how can you uh, make capitalism very sustainable? If I mean sustainable is that it should be eco-friendly. You know, why they preserve uh, vegetable even in uh, refrigerators is because especially... A commercial restaurant is to serve the customer base that they have. If they know that their customer base is 500, so how much vegetable do they need to serve this 500, you know, on a daily basis? Before the close of the day. Of course. So they have to, you know, uh, preservation, you know. So it has to go with power, electricity, goes with a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, other things. Well, there's a conversation that... Uh, 
I, I wish that we had, you know, the time in the mm-hmm. world to um, uh, Go on talk on about. On. But you have to be very careful if you eat Indomie a lot. Uh, for if you're a mother and what you put in your the lunch back of your kids is, you know, so Indomie. Mm. You got to be very, very careful. Uh, you have to, you know, teach your kids to. When I was growing up, you know, primary school is either, you know, you take pudding, you know, to school with uh, kose or, you know, with fries, maybe fried yam or, uh, you know, uh, well, I'm relishing. But God bless <laughs> my mother, you know, because those are some of the things that I ate. Uh, well, every Saturday morning, I know that it's pap and kose. Yeah, I know that. Then Not Saturday masa. afternoon is gote. Oh, yeah, okay. it's gote. you've missed on masa. Yeah, I don't know what Massa have done to me, but I'm not so much of a big fan. Let's play this inside Femi Adesina. When we are, when we come back, we're going to have a conversation with our mentor and, well, uh, our senior colleague. Stay here. But then, be that as it may, it is the job and the duty of government to create an enabling environment for jobs in the country. It is not government itself that creates jobs. All it does is to create an enabling environment. Most of the jobs you need in a country will come from the private sector. As long as you have an enabling environment, it's the private sector that will then create the jobs. The 119 figure that thousand you, you mentioned is from a specific sector, from infrastructure. During the creation of infrastructure, railways, roads, airports, and all that, jobs are created. Those are the jobs you have there as 119, and not a total gamut of jobs created. That will come from somebody like Dr. Chris Ngige, who is Minister for Labor and Employment. In that fact sheet, we don't have the total number of jobs created. But like I said earlier, government just creates an enabling environment for jobs, and it is not the one that actually creates. It's a record that when the administration came in 2015, there were about 5 million rice farmers in the country. When the anchor borrowers program came, the original target was rice farming. And within one, two years, rice farmers had risen to 12 million, from 5 million to 12 million. You can calculate the number of jobs that have been created that way. And then in terms of repayment of loans, the central bank came out about four, six weeks ago to give the percentage of repayment. And that put a lie to the figure that was out there about repayment because uh, people, let me use the word cynics and sceptics again, began to circulate some false figures about repayment. And central bank came out showing the figure. I don't have it on my fingertips now, but I think repayment is about 70% of the era. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. We have our mentor and our senior colleague here with us, Prince Valentine. We're happy to have him. Uh, after a brief hiatus, you know, he has had to attend to his health uh, needs, and we're happy that he's here. Good evening, and it's good to see you, sir. I'm very proud to be here with you guys. I really missed you for some time. Of course, we've missed you as well. When I was in the operation room, Mm. I learned uh, the impact that we are making. Mm. Uh, I now discovered that, um, apart from God who was with me there, those who were surrounding me were surrounding me because they hear me on radio Mm. and they read my work. 
And I want to believe that that is what you see. You discover that uh, your friends will not be there. Of course. But it is the impact you make on people. You know, and uh, if you look at, um, there's a book known as um, Poor Dad, Rich Dad. You, there's one big advice. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. You, there's one uh, decision he took there to tell us that um, you invest in people. Yeah. That is the first investment you should have. Yeah. And I think uh, I was able to reap it you know, in Jankwano. Mm. When uh, I saw the Metron, the other nurses, mm. they were more concerned for me to come back to work because uh, they believe we are impacting society. Uh, they send their greetings to you guys. Too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, well, um, like I said, I'm happy to be here today. We're happy to see you. Uh, well, uh, he, Prince Valentine had a minor surgery you know, on his left or right eye? His right eye. Right eye. But he's very fine right now. Very, he very fine. He's very fine. So we give glory to God for uh, divine healing. Well, would you like to talk about, you know, uh, this issue of uh, the Indomie stuff, you know, and how society has changed? I, I mean, you heard us and you were... Yeah, uh, I remember Dora Kunyo those days. Yeah. And the drive she had, you know, to make Nigeria better. Uh, you discover that um, professionals have failed this country to a very large extent, running from the medical doctors, the pharmacists, those who are in the nutrition, and down the, the drain, including journalists who've all failed society. Uh, take example, uh, the doctors themselves, they, 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 they live in a way that people also want to emulate. You have discovered a lot of good doctors who have died, whom I know, were drunks. Some were chimneys and smoking. Mm. You understand? So they themselves drive people to also believe that there's nothing wrong in a habit they are also creating. Uh, this is Africa. And uh, more also, those who are also conveying the information from the food uh, and uh, is it, uh, nutrition or whatever, they, they forget our culture as uh, Africans, you know? When you use the white man way to compare and tra transmit uh, communication, we really don't pick it. We have our folk story. We have a way of demonstrating things, you know, in Africa. And if you do that, people will understand you better. But when you start bringing comparison and bringing some scientific things, it, it doesn't really work in Africa. Mm -hmm. I was discussing with some of these uh, journalists, you know, in Plato, uh, people like Giwa, uh, um, what's his name again? Uh, Adudu. Um, Adudu. Joseph Adudu. Uh, yes, and uh, so many of them, you know. And uh, I discovered that Africa has a lot of, uh, roots, you know, food, and uh, the other ones who are also getting sunlight, you know, from from the sun, who are more richer, like the beans and other things you see. They don't go; they are not from the roots, but they get strength. Yeah. But uh, you find out at the end of the day, we are not being educated on them. The, the leaves you just called now, the beans and the rest, they receive direct sunlight, Absolutely. and uh, nobody is talking about them. You know, so if is it not to be blamed? Is it Nigerians that are allowing domain to initially even control? Nigeria. It is the government. So we should put all the same government you know, in check to know where they facilitated these things from. Now, if you look at the, the statement of uh, uh, Femi just now, you will laugh. You will know that that is not actual journalism. That is praise worship. Because ordinarily, he transferred everything to the private sector and say government does not create job. What God, government Asia. creates you know, is a uh, Enabling uh, environment. Have they even created the enabling <laughs> environment? You know, if you look at that, you will laugh. How many companies have left Nigeria within this administration within eight years? Lots. Including, you know, uh, 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 air businesses. How many have left? 
You understand before because of the environment that is not even conducive. What of the tax formula? Is that not the conducive environment we're talking about? What of the availability of uh, you know means of uh, exchange like the dollars and the rest? Have they worked on that? What are we talking about production? So that at the end of the day, we will have goods that we can export and get foreign exchange that will stabilize, you know, the economy. Are we not talking about that? You look at the wage, wage bill of government, and you look at the wage bill, you know, of those who work for them. Compare it to what the, the, the private sector gains. You wonder. At the end of the day, you find that the private sector struggle without any environment available to them. They buy their own diesel. They buy their mm. own water. They pay their own staff. They, you understand a lot of things that government is supposed to do. As I speak to you in the past eight years, you cannot say this is one thing that is of necessity, that is available, that serves as utility, either to the private sector, either to the individual houses and the rest. You know ordinarily that even this power is being scheduled. You get power for eight hours, and, uh, and that is it. So even if you have things in your refrigerator, you don't get it. Just a house burnt recently in, in Genta Adamu. It is, you know, power search. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, sorry to call. Yes. Let me uh, say this to JD in case they are. I've been wanting to call uh, the corporate communication manager, but anytime I call him, he doesn't answer my phone call. I don't know why. Because I learned that they've been giving supplying people high voltage electricity. Yes. That bonds, you know, uh, their equipment, appliances. Uh, so please, I don't know who that is, please, uh, but I, I have your number. I'm not going to mention, you know, why, why, why I said I don't, I don't want to, you know, bring, uh, I just want for us to maybe come to the studio to explain why are you doing that? Because uh, a mentor, someone I respect so much, called my attention to that on Sunday in the evening. Please go ahead. So you, you find this discrimination even in the, in the course of distributing, you know, this light, the cost of charges. They are so... You know, you don't get it. And this is government. At the end of the day, when you talk about the environment, is government not supposed to control whatever happens within the environment? They don't. Now, you see a, a cost of, you know, a, a power, you know, supply on daily basis being increased without anybody, no negotiation, no panel seats. And yet government has over 40% in all these uh, private sectors. So you now ask yourself, where is the private sector, and where is government? People are just being innovative on their own. People just create an environment where they themselves can survive. Yeah. This is what is going on in Nigeria. Mm. Do you know that there is nothing the Nigerian person has not passed through, and yet there is peace? Because they are resilient. In Tunisia, it's just bread, the cost of bread. that costs and Even in Sudan, yeah. there in was Sudan. an uprising here in Sudan. hope you can understand. Yeah, bread, yeah. So little things, but Nigerians are resilient, and yet the government does not take advantage of all those things. And it's very, very sad. All right. Look at Labor Day. We had so many things coming from different places, talking and celebrating labor. But go to some states, as I speak to you. They are in areas, huge areas. Look at those who even served the civil service. They were carrying placards here in Plateau to show that they are not being paid. But um, I was so happy with the governor when he said, well, people felt I will run. Here am I after eight years, and I'm standing face to face with labor because I've done huge things for them, especially paying their salaries. But go around this country, you'll find a lot of people who do work from 
31st to 31st, and yet they are not paid. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, how does the private sector come to existence? Because it is the people who come to buy from the private sector, who do business with the private sector. And you did not create that environment for them to have this you know, monetary power to come and get an exchange. How would you now say, at the end of the day, you have done better? Now, he went over to talk about farm. That is the most laughable issue we hear. Mm. Before you know it, they say at least each state will have what to call mechanized farming, ever 15 or 20 yeah. of them. As we speak, which mechanized farm can you trace in this country? You see, it is high time for those who are coming to power to scrutinize and hold more panels to investigate some of these things and see where our money for all these projects have gone into. You know also that most of those monies that have come into this country have been scheduled for the poor or the poorest without using any statistical grounds to actually know which will fall within this range. And these monies have been shared and shared. Ross recalled recall this uh, census issue and the rest are the monies they wanted to take. How would they have gone? When would we get this uh, accountability? At the end of the day, when accountability wants to come, religion will start to play. And that is my biggest fear as we move on. Well, would you like to talk to us about the ongoing leadership uh, uh, lobby at the National Assembly, especially by members of the All Progressives Congress? Uh, the party said officially before the month of Ramadan that after the month of Ramadan, they are going to announce or zone uh, leadership positions in the National Assembly. But as we speak, uh, the ruling All Progressives Congress ha is yet to do that. I talked to us about, in Plato State, we have two people gone in to be speaker, Right Honorable Yusuf Gagdi and Right Honorable uh, uh, Idris Maje, Wasi Maje. Uh, but Maje has more experience than Gagdi because he has spent uh, several, years. several years, you know, uh, there. Gagdi is just a newbie. You know, he came in 2019, and right now, you know, he's wanting to be a uh, speaker. Talk to us about the position of Plato State and does Plato, is Plato, does Plato has any chance with these two lawmakers? And if yes, what are the chances and who will likely be the person? Well, the central zone is, is the main key where it has been zoned to, yeah. you know, to get uh, some of the speakership. But you, if you discover so many rumors have been coming from all flanks, don't forget that um, the, the, the issue in Plato has that of a divide. There are people who are integrity, those people who are aggrieved, especially within the fold of, uh, you know, the, the, what do you call them? Um, aggrieved um, governorship aspirants. Okay. Yes, they are in one angle. And others are also there. And don't forget also that Gizo, Chief Gizo, played Amos a Gizzo. very huge role. You know, we talk about uh, the APC uh, factor on the plateau. Uh, he played a very big role. And, uh, and they are from the same local government with uh, Gagdi. More people are looking towards his direction to get an appointment than looking at Gagdi to be you know, the person who will benefit from it. And you know they are related. That is one big one, big factor. And you also know that the governor also lost within the, the, the southern zone. Of course, and these yeah. two people they are talking about are also from the southern zone. Central so zone. Uh, no, they are uh, Gizo. Gagdi. Oh, okay. uh, Gizo and Gagdi are yes. from Kanam Central. Yes, zone. they are Central and, and Maj Southern yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are close. Yeah. I hope you understand. Yeah, sure, yeah. And nobody is talking about how, why the governor failed and how they were trying to compensate him. So also, if you discover the voice of the governor is even silent when it comes to these two uh, players. Ma, talking about Ninja, 
There are people also who came out from Nigeria and also want this seat. There are rumors, anyway, going on that uh, ordinarily the governor of Plateau State is also interested in that of Niger State. People, papers have oh, carried. Governor Lalong is not even interested. Yeah, in papers Plateau. have carried that even when visiting or something lobby. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of things are involved in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the two of them too, it shows that they are already splitting their votes, even from home. Wasi and Gagdi. One would have thought that at the end of the day they should have put their heads together so that they would get the bulk of votes, you know, in their favor. Recall that uh, the last, the first time Gagdi went into, you know, the National Assembly, he had to fight seriously for Bajamila, Bajamila to become something. And he, at the end of the day, you find out that he was in some uh, creamy, you know, uh, chairman house committee. Committees. Yeah. You understand? So I thought with that experience, you should have looked also to his brother, who is also from Plateau who also has all that he needs to become, you know, the, the Speaker of the House. He has all the qualities, all the credentials that are necessary. But there's another thing that is playing out. Recall that when um, uh, the, the Wasi was unable to listen to the people in diaspora who were from the Central Zone, who came up with, you know, their complaints about the killings, you know, in the Central Zone. In Benway State. Yes. In you know, and, but we are looking at them from of the diaspora. Of course, central. Yeah, they are Because central, they are yeah. in the diaspora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you travel out of Nigeria, you see yourself as a Nigeria. You just start saying, mm-hmm. I'm from here, I'm from yeah, there. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you discover that that will also play out. It will be a factor that will have to hit him if he doesn't work well or plan is to block that angle because it's very key. So I think the, the, the fault line here is that the governor is not speaking of any of them. The two of them are not in agreement, and that means they've already split their home, their home base, you know, in terms of uh, uh, um, uh, member select. And for the former members, you know that they are not also of the uh, ruling party. Mm-hmm. They are more, you know, in the, you know, in the opposition, and that's, that's the PDP. Mm. So by the time they go to the House, you recall that the PDP and other minority, uh, other smaller Political parties party. are colluding together to see how they can produce in order to quash the ruling party. So these are the very key uh, play, I think, that is going on. For the failure is that they are not united. Well, does that tell us that there's a leadership problem on the, in the APC here in Plateau State? Because one would expect that naturally the leadership of the party could call them to order and say, look, in order for us to have a larger representation at the end or to even take this battle head on, one of you has to step down. Or were they perhaps inconsolable or they just felt, okay, we could go ahead? You see, the, the, the division in Plateau, the elections didn't allow to, for them to settle because right from the primaries, the division became very obvious uh, where the governorship issue came up. And uh, it drags on. And before you know it, election has come and gone. And uh, now that Asiwaju is in the center, a lot of people are bringing out their cards to say, this is the role we played. We never went collectively. This is the role the other people played. They wanted to sabotage you. This is what is going on you know, in, in the system. Now, like I told you, this, a particular group is looking for just Gizu. They're not interested in who becomes the speaker. And then they're from the APC and the plateau. You understand? They, some of them even want Gizu to become the SDF, while other ones want him to become the minister. You understand? So if the if Asiwaju are there, they concede that, okay, you have the minister from your state, and these are two, 
You understand? We will not be thinking towards uh, speakership and the rest. And that's why people are looking more into Barao and uh, you know uh, the other person from Bekwara. Know, Akpara, uh, uh, Betara. This other man Betara. From, from Borno. Akpabio. Okay, okay. Gosweli. Yes. You Sasa. understand? So they are looking at these two from that perspective. It's just because the house is not, you know, where. This is why these developments are coming up. Let's look at the House of Representatives. The numbers show that the APC has 160 rep members. Yes. And the op- opposition members put together have 172 members. And naturally, you would expect that it will be a walk in the park for the opposition members. That is in terms of electing the speaker. If they're able to go to that election, um, you know, as a common front. Do you see the possibility of that happening? Because already there are, you know, reports making the rounds that dollars have already started developing <laughs> wings and flying to various pockets. Uh, and then in the Senate, you have 55 APC senators against yeah. 47 opposition Senate um, senators at that level. Okay, you could say if things go according to plan, there wouldn't be any upsets at the Senate. You see, Nigeria is a, is a, is a secret, like I told you. you know? And uh, what pays out for what buys the other person's money. Uh, but uh, if you look at how this election went, you know, this uh, 2023 election, it wasn't because of polit- political party platforms. It was based on the individuals. And this is how it has carried itself up to that platform. It does not matter whether they are APC, APC. So you look at If you look at that figure, you might say, ah, because they have this number, then they will be this. No, it's not true. Because some of these people will even emerge as a party, you know, uh, as leaders from their state to be to represent their communities at that level, they they, they they chose them either from religious ground. So you must look at all these factors and know that um, it's not going to be easy. You, you know, ordinarily before now, in those days, like in 1999 now, you easily know who is already the you know on, sitting on that chair, you know, because the factors are not uh, so. But these are, are variable factors that you cannot say okay because of ABC. No, some of these people who came up. It's not because the party itself sponsored them. Though their names are written down as uh, candidates of the party, but you find out that they came in through a different purpose. You understand? And these things are going to play out. But the good thing is that Nigeria as a project should be in the minds of these elected, these, uh, these elected members. This is where I, I stand on. Because once the factor is not Nigeria, then Nigerians will suffer more. You recall that it is this outgoing regime, which we are yet to investigate as even journalists, that several contracts with uh, China and other things, no terms were written. And yet the loan was, you know, drafted and people are going to pay. So the question will now be, have we already unveiled those who signed these uh, uh, contracts and things like that? You recall that these things came up, you know, in the House of Rep. You know, during their committee, you know, oversight functions, and then the Senate. At the end of the day, nobody's talking about it. And yet, we are just saying Nigeria is owing 71 uh, trillion. When the documents itself are not verifiable to show that this is what the loans were for. So we shouldn't be running. The Nigerian project should be the Nigerian project. If we don't, if we don't seize these people to start thinking Nigeria, and they are thinking pol- their political party, then we have not changed. On that note, let me tell you what I feel personally about the National Assembly election when they come eventually. Here is the thing. Since we've been able to have a Muslim-Muslim ticket, I don't have a problem with anybody, regardless of your religion, ethnicity, or whatever, becoming Senate President and House Speaker, respectively. But what, what do you make, 
in terms of balancing this whole thing that you have a muslim muslim ticket and then of course there's a possibility of even having a muslim senate president or even a muslim speaker of the house what's your frank take look my frank take on this issue has been that nigeria is losing its quality i grew up to know a nigeria that rests on merit nobody want to know where you come from we are Nigerians. Nobody wants to know which religion you have. But with the development we have in this country, religion has come to play. Where you even see denominations you know, in the different religions coming up to say, look, if it's not our own, ABCD will happen. So I feel, whether we like it or not, these variables cannot be thrown away. And I feel sad. Because at the end of the day, it is the common taxpayer that will, that, that, that will bear the brunt. You know, it was even a, a, a member who came out to cry out to tell Nigerians how much they were any. It was a secret. And as I speak today officially, it has not been accepted as such. So, take it or leave it. If we don't kill this thing that is trying to kill this country, which is religion, sectionalism, this country will not move forward. This is a country today we are seeing that our leaders either had some crooked inform, uh, you know, history. These are leaders who are not telling us that primary school certificate is not important, secondary school certificate is not important. We are hearing that now. So also one day, we also see that universities will start growing in the street. So we must work harder to make sure that these things don't become a tradition. It has happened, yes, but we must stop it so that meritocracy will return back. Let me tell you, there's, in those days, you know, there's what to go grades in our time. You, know? you have to have grades for you to even take form or go anywhere. Well, it's not like that today. This is a situation where we now see that nobody knows how somebody writes his exam. All you want to see is the certificate. And that's why you see GCA, YEC are now written by other people. And maybe the beneficiary is a different person. So if we don't nip it on board now, definitely we are carrying a liability which will shift to the next generation. And that is what my own concern is. And that's why, you see, me when I talk about journalists, I feel we've lost what we ought to be doing. This PR that we are doing now, it's not our job. We should leave it for the PR people and do investigations and report to the masses. Unfortunately, the security operatives have even taken this reporting to the masses away, away from us. You understand? Mm -hmm. uh, these are some information you see. Security are supposed to report to either the president or the vice president. They will report to the masses. You understand? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the journalists have not even been able to tell us whether these people have even made an effort to arrest the situation. Don't forget that even now that you see, you hear a document flying. The, the security will be telling you that some, some politicians are trying to scuttle the, you know, the... the is it, is it, Democratic uh, process, the, transition. No, uh, transition process mm -hmm. and the rest. As I speak to you up to this hour, after bringing out this, those things publicly, they've not told us which uh, ungodly politicians have been so arrested. These are the issues. And that, uh, journalists are not going beyond this. So, my brother, what I'm saying here is, the House, the moment we lose the sight of meritocracy, we've lost it. Let's open the phone lines in case you just tune in. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab, and we've been having a chat with Prince Valentine Adesia together with my colleague Gilbert Joseph. You can join the conversation 081 or you call 90 
0505-666-6699. Before you call, please turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely and then you tell us the name and where you're calling from. That is very important for you to do. Or go on Facebook at JFM Live and at Twitter at JFM Joss and drop your comments. Hit the like button and get a series of notifications from us. Absolutely. Let's take the first call. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. A very good evening, Mr. Ponsal, for now. Yeah, thank you for calling. We're listening. Thank you very much. Good evening, Mr. Adelte. Good evening, Joseph Gilbert. This is Comrade Dadon Tuba Solomon calling from Anguadkuba. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Uh, you see, Ponsal, for me, as an individual, I don't, uh, I don't have confidence uh, in the National Assembly as far as I'm concerned. You know, they always claim to be majority, uh, meanwhile, but the leadership, their leadership is being imposed on them by the, by, by the president. If you look at the, the past, in, uh, the, 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 the nine assembly, the emergence of uh, Lawal Ahmed, the Senate president, it was like uh, it was the role of the president. So it seems that's why sometimes we always call them robber stand Senate because the national assembly, they don't know their, in fact, it seems that some of them don't know their right as legislators. So, you see, if you look at what is happening here on the plateau, uh, Mr. Ponsat, yesterday I was at uh, uh, the Workers' Day a celebration in Rampan Township Stadium. The governor of Plateau State, Rajanobu, Dr. Simon Basolalo, addressed uh, Yakubu Sanda as the speaker of the Plateau State House of Assembly, of which is, to, to me, is an abuse of law. Like, the governor is a, law, is, is a lawyer, but the legislators allow government, executives to be down, tuning them. That is why sometimes I look at some of them just go there. They don't want the election. They don't know their responsibility. They don't know their rights. So I think, uh, this, uh, I don't actually know how ten assembly will come to come and, and select their leaders. I don't actually know. But we pray that let them bring in not this set of uh, leaders, the principal leaders of the National Assembly. For me as an individual, most especially the Senate President, he has failed this country. So I, I, I will urge them to bring in someone that will be, be very, very uh, independent, not to rely on what Mr. President will take for him. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. I appreciate We're listening. Thanks for calling.
We go there to make this. Not even going there to go and lobby, take contract, do this and come and bid on it. I go there to finish of contract. But let me ask a question. Van Lubia is a lawyer by election and others. What did the electoral ask about appointment of, about election of a letter like this? If we must lobby to get lobby from Papangida, from Tingibu, from and I don't want this issue of ranking selectors. They have nothing to give us. Their finances are corrupt. They don't even know where they're coming from. I don't know how many the new ones are coming. They should form a synergy. And the budget is a focus about 20 years and 20 years and 2 years. You don't know. So let's revise their constitution that we can rank in senators. Look at this one. Okay, look at the other guy in there. There's one man from from said, man. Thank you. So this was idea. And even this our guy here, okay. Thank you. I want to ask a question. Yes. When is this tribunal beginning? Yeah, well, Prince Valentine is an expert judicial uh, uh, reporter, so I mean, you're going to get the Fasani information. Thank you. <laughs> Gilbert, go ahead and take us through social media. Please. All right. On Facebook, Comrade Dow's longer says, All progressives Congress zoning the leadership of the National Assembly is not the main problem of the common man in Nigeria. What we are facing now is insecurity, bad economy, and fuel scarcity, Elect- electricity food security and everything that has to do with humanity. Let's continue to pray for peace and plateau. Albert Akaya Dagza says, Good evening, Mr. Gilbert Monsak and the guests. I don't see APC putting religion in perspective um, of its political mis- political givings. APC is all about protecting its interests without caring about who is left behind and who is hurt. Peter Agnes says, Good evening, Monsak and Gilbert. APC aren't ready for anything. They're just confused about Okay, they're just confused, but thank God we have a new government now. So I pray for better knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to our incoming governor, Barista Caleb Mutfan. For Kuka Factors Go One says, Good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. Their issues um, do not concern us. As far as I'm concerned, Nigeria is not as how it was. It has been personalized already. Sunday, Moses Evi Evi says, Good evening, JFM. But both Idris Wasi and Gagdi lack the capacities to occupy the leadership of NAS. They are not qualified. Benny Lar is more qualified um, than the two of them put together. Zari Tinalabar says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. For peace and justice to reign supreme, let APC give balance sharing to other sects of people who are marginalized, especially in respect to Senate president to enable them to feel at home. Comrade Yusuf Bitri says, Good evening, Sunset. All we are yearning for is let the judiciary serve justice in their ruling at the current petition tribunals, especially that of the presidential. After which, then, they should start talking of the NAS leadership. Otherwise, that's baseless. Hapsin Manasseh says, Good evening. As for me, I don't care about the outcome to balance the same faith ticket, ticket in the National Assembly because the worst had been done already in the presidency. 
Cyprian Mafia says, Good evening, Sunset. You see a country where discrimination and underwriting is the forefront. Um, all right. Priority of the leaders. Chooks Detoni says, I'm not disturbed by the APC. Zoning of posts, most especially to the southeast. Southeast already prioritized the presidential seat, which I believe Peter Obi must reclaim his stolen mandate at the Supreme Court. Dimas Bala says, they don't care about any religious representation. As far as they're concerned, what they are concerned about is to get power by all means. They don't even mind if the president, vice president, and speaker should come from one faith. Zhang Asi says, good evening, sunset. The main issue here is for them to tackle insecurity. Let us do away with tribalism, nepotism, and sentiment. Alexander Edwin Namani says, good evening, PNG. Well, the question is, has the APC ever kept to its own rules? The current leadership of the House is seen as a rubber stamp to the executive. Nigerians should not expect anything different. Said Ibrahim says, good evening, Ponsak, Joseph, and the guests. I strongly believe that um, they will bring it. Okay, they will zone it. You see, if we start predicting failure and lack of courage over the um, outcome of the elections, we'll end up achieving nothing. All right. Well, good. Pasak? Yeah, well, uh, Prince Valentine will like you to respond uh, to... Oh, let me read out some uh, tweets uh, by, because I can see uh, some of them. It's been a while that I've visited Twitter. This coming from Namani. He's saying... Those aspiring to head the National Assembly are individuals who have shown loyalty to the president-elect. Their stewardship will be the same rubber stamp pattern of the current leadership. APC is, in a, APC is not in a hurry. They know what they are doing, you say. Comrade Peter Panmon beside is saying, the APC will do everything to get the acceptance of Nigerians, knowing fully that they murdered the process of democracy in Nigeria, especially federal character. For, but for me... I lost confidence on the APC administration, but hoping on Mutfang's administration. Dimas is saying they don't care about any religious representation as far as they are concerned. What they are concerned about is to get power by all course. Uh, they don't even mind if the president, vice, senate, president, and speaker should come from one faith. What a country, what a nation. They don't care how her citizens feel. Prince Valentine, you heard from uh, the Nigerian people. So uh, give us your uh, uh, concluding remarks. Yeah. yeah, let me start from the judiciary. Yeah, uh, we know ordinarily that the dates for the hearing of these petitions will have begun, but unfortunately, service is already becoming an issue. Uh, if you recall, the APC had been complaining of not being able to serve the PDP. Uh, the last time they came, they said the, the office were short. That's so, in plateau. Yes, they couldn't actually start up then. But the biggest uh, one that is coming up, you know, is that of. Uh, one uh, Dabuang uh, Alfred. Alfred Dabuang, yeah. And uh, he is talking about exclusion from the election. His party is the New Nigerian People's Party, MNPP. Yeah. And that is very key because people feel uh, exclusion is a very serious. Just like Savio Taylor, your great friend yes, in 2015. Yes, yes, yeah, who yeah. stepped down for La Long. No, he didn't. Uh, he was he excluded. Stepped, no, but he, he, he later did not continue the case. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, he stepped down. Yeah, he was excluded. <laughs> yeah, he's my friend. I know. Uh, but but you, you see, and this, uh, this one is key, and uh, people are looking towards how, you know, people can get out of it. Then the, the total of those who are actually challenging the, the emergence of uh, Mutfuan as the governor of uh, elect uh, Plateau State, there are now about four with their political parties. So that is a, is a worry state. Then uh, our friend, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
um, Asama. Daniel yeah, Asama. Daniel yes, Asama. It's also challenging, you know, the, the, the outcome of the election in um, just Asama. Not Asama. Asama. Just not. And that, that one is key. Now, going back to the other question, what was the man asking? Yeah, I think he was talking about when litigation at the federal sitting, level yeah. as well. Okay, and yeah. the, also the litigation in the federal level. I think uh, several other issues are not being properly served. You know, the, well, as the thing is going on, applications have been had, you know, either rejected or approved and the rest. And the process is on. But I know at the end of the day, when issues are properly joined, then a date will be set for, you know, for this uh, beginning to sit uh, to, to look at these petitions. Thank you. This is what I feel. Thank you very much, Prince Valentine. Good to have you back. We're so happy, you know, to have you this evening. Gilbert, your final word. Al Hassan Adodogwa <laughs> has thrown his heart also to the ring. He wants to become speaker of the alleged murderer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shay Tinibu bought a home of 10.8 million US dollars <laughs> in Britain. That's a big one. You know, at times I wish my father was alive, you know, but... Uh, Is it to uh, hear the dollars or what? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he would have been a rich man now. I don't know. Well, my name is Ponsak Fanab. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a good evening. Bye now. You're listening to J101.9 FM. <laughs>